welcome to my hearth. In this episode, we will be looking at The Lord of the Rings, one of the most popular books ever written in its three volumes. I believe as so far it's sold about 150 million copies worldwide and has been translated into many other languages than its original English. Bearing in mind what we've been talking about over the last few episodes, we can ask the questions of it. Is it an odyssey? And are there any elements of types of Christ in it? Let's look at the idea of an odyssey first. Is there a hero? Yes, there is. It's Frodo Baggins. And of course, what makes him special in the novel is that he is a hobbit, but of course for that, read he is a human. Although we are dealing with a fantastical land known as Middle-earth, the bit where he lives, the Shire, is absolutely the countryside of England. Again, it's the lovely quality of Tolkien's writing that we're not told, oh yes, here we are, in the middle of England. No, the reader is given free reign for their imagination so that they can connect with whichever part of England they know. Or an idealistic, imagined perfection of rural England. Moreover, we are in a different time than the present. We are in a land out of time. This is not science fiction, it's science fantasy. We are given an imagined fantastic landscape in which all the characters inhabit. And it means you can have combinations of creatures and animals and different sorts of beings that can live and meet together. The Lord of the Rings has been so influential in storytelling that other books have been written about this particular set of books. Because of the power of the writing, people have wanted to analyse it and talk about it and praise it. So Frodo and the Hobbits are as close to human as you can get without actually being human. It allows Tolkien a, a freedom. But it allows the Hobbits to have many of the great qualities of being human, as well as all the frailties. So in answer to the question, is there a hero? Yes, there is one, it's Frodo. Is there a journey that they go on in which the hero is changed? Yes, of course there is a journey. The whole book is a journey. And the hero himself is on a quest. He has to try and destroy the ring. The ring of the title is of itself a symbol. It's a symbol of evil. And all of the people going on the journey represent good. However, because they are living and frail, the ring can have an influence over the main characters and affect them with its evil. Thus, the main element of the story is a fight between good and evil. 
and that can make it of itself an odyssey. Do we have the figure of a god in the story? Well, what we certainly do have is a figure of the devil in the form of Sauron, a name which is very close to Satan. He wants to rule Middle-earth and all the beings that live in it. However, because his power is encapsulated in the ring, if the ring is destroyed, then Sauron's power is destroyed. Now, as I've already said, there's a whole industry based on the Lord of the Rings looking at it and analysing it. But I want to look at one or two elements to ask our questions. The first part of the story is called The Fellowship of the Ring, and it's about Gandalf assembling a group of people to go on the journey. Their purpose is to protect Frodo, and therefore they become his crew. As you know, that's one of the main elements of an odyssey. They are not his disciples, but they are his protectors. Frodo is not a type of Christ, but he has an element of the Christ figure in the way that he behaves without creating too many spoilers to do with the storytelling of the Lord of the Rings, we know that one of the followers actually betrays him. But as they travel in the first section of the story, they do become his crew, in inverted commas. What makes them particularly interesting and adds to the power of the storytelling is they are not all human. And this diversity is reflecting the makeup of the land of Middle-earth itself. It's adding to the power of the storytelling, because Middle-earth is both Christian and pagan. The land they travel through reflects nature and its powerfulness, as well as the spiritual element of Christianity. The landscape of Middle-earth is one of the extra characters, as it were, in the storytelling. Just as the different islands that Odysseus travelled to creates the backdrop to the Odyssey itself. Remember that we said in an earlier podcast that the Roman civilization understood the power of combining Christianity with the pagan world, and obviously Tolkien understood this process. The fact that he is not saying this is a Christian book allows readers of all faiths and religions to enjoy the book just as a story. He wants the message, meaning and iconography behind the book to gradually permeate people's thoughts whilst they are enjoying the book. Many people find the story, either in the book or in the film adaptation of the book, very powerful. That's because of its mixture of good and evil, but also its natural and supernatural, 
its Christianity and paganism. The hero and his crew are being tested because they are in a time of war between the forces of good and evil. Tolkien himself had been through this journey because he'd fought in the First World War. He understood what the trenches meant, and of course it's not rocket science to understand that the evil army is born out of the mud itself. Moreover, Tolkien was a devout Roman Catholic and therefore had to deal with the difficulty of being a very religious person fighting a war. That was especially true in the First World War, but it was very difficult to see it as a fight between good and evil. Let's go a little bit further with the Christian iconography of the storytelling. Lots of writers have talked about the Christian elements of three of the main characters as being aspects of Christ. Gandalf is seen as being representing the prophetic nature of Christ, and also Gandalf himself goes through a kind of death and resurrection. He starts off as Gandalf the Grey and becomes Gandalf the White, and when he reappears, the description of him is very like that of Moses when he came down from receiving the Ten Commandments. Frodo, with his single purpose, his journey being to destroy the ring, is seen as having the priestly element of Christ. And Aragorn, as representing the kingly nature of Christ, the third section of the story is called The Return of the King. Some of the storytelling in The Lord of the Rings is representing the fight that people have to maintain the priestly virtues. One of the elements is the fight between humility being humble and pride. Several groups in the story represent people who have suffered the consequences of sin. There is the whole exploration between being mortal and immortal. And one of the main themes in the story is the battle between light and darkness. Light representing good and darkness representing evil. Moreover, there is a whole thread of Frodo having to show pity and mercy to Gollum, who is the creature who has literally been transformed by the evil influence of the ring itself. As I've already said, there are whole books written about the symbolism and the allegory of the Lord of the Rings and whether it's a completely Christian book. But here's a couple of the things that really struck me. Sam, who is Frodo's servant, at the very last moment has to carry him up the mountain because Frodo has lost all of his strength. This connects to the image of Simon of Cyrene, who carries Christ's cross on the way to Calvary. Because of the weight of sin that the cross is embodying at that particular time, 
it is getting heavier and heavier, and the ring gets heavier and heavier as it goes towards Mount Doom. Aragorn, the kingly character, has healing hands. Now this was well known, especially in medieval times, that the king was considered to have healing in his hands, and thus Aragorn becomes a kingly representative of a Christ-like figure. Frodo is so damaged by what happens to him on his odyssey that it's impossible for him to regain his previous life. And he travels over the sea at the end of the story to a place of safety, a heavenly rest. This is symbolic of the ascension of Christ going eventually to heaven. Now, as I've said, all of these things are just a flavour of Christianity that Tolkien wanted to have in the book. He wanted it essentially to be a tale of good versus evil. If we have to place it in a specific time, I suppose it's got more than a hint of medievalism about it. And one of the things that that leads to is the idea that the Lady Galadriel may well be like the medieval idea of the Virgin Mary. She is a priestess. I know she's an elf. But her presence and demeanour and power make her like a goddess. If any of these things interest you, then as I've said, there's a whole library of books written about and devoted to the iconography and the writings of Tolkien in all of its manifestations. What's also important about his writings is that they have influenced so many people writing after him. It's become a whole industry in itself, the idea of creating these amazing landscapes and worlds. And we'll continue this idea next time. <laughs>